Welcome to the bittersweet. Behind these doors, blinded fantasies of success and opulence meet riveting hardships and shivering realities. Imagine the thoughts of grandeur and sugary sweets meet unsavory outcomes and frayed relationship cycles. It takes 21 days to make a habit, but 90 days are best suited to commit to life. Unlock and explore your greatest assets as you enter the bittersweet. Welcome to the Bittersweet Podcast, Season 2, where we discuss the hottest sweet topics in the Bittersweet. Today's episode is sponsored by Commit to Life Fitness, where it's more than a workout, it's a lifestyle. Commit to Life Fitness is a rigorous, holistic, online performance training specializing in weight loss, body sculpting, and functional movement in a supportive and engaging environment. Tonight in the suite, we have the bittersweet veteran, the mogul, the visionary, the creator and founder of the bittersweet, Mr. Commit to Life. Yo, 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 what's up, fam? What's going on, Mr. Commit? Coming Home. up in the suite, we got the, the trendsetter, the, the, the move maker, Mr. Mr. Live. Mr. Mr. Live in the building. What's up, Mr. Mr. Live? You know I got my boots strapped up tight tonight. Oh, man, you made me go out and buy some boots to get laced up, dog. <laughs> also on the suite, we got our guests coming through all the way, giving their own personal shout-outs. First up, we got Miss Ashley. Happy G-Ho. My name is Ashley Little, spring 2008 graduate of the North Carolina a State University. I'll give it over Woo! to Uche now. Hey, what's up? Uche Bird from the South Side Chicago. Aggie South graduate. Side? Here it is. South <laughs> Aggie, uh, Aggie graduate. Um, happy homecoming, happy G-Ho, happy give back, happy all that. Fred, um, your turn. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? It's uh, Fred Witt, um, Aggie Pride, happy G-Ho. Aggie Pride. Can we uh, turn um, G-Ho University, uh, graduated from the greatest school ever on earth. Hey, 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 watch it State now. University, class of 2004. Geo energy. I like the energy. energy. I like the energy. It's homecoming, y'all. It's homecoming in the suite. Cue that Beyonce music. I'm dancing already. I'm already out my seat (laughs) dancing. Get my two step on. Get my swag surf on. Hey. I'm a frankly Beverly type of guy myself, but you know, I I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) You ain't gonna let you slide over there. All right, so let's uh, get into the uh, HBCU experience movement. You guys uh, want to talk about the HBCU experience movement? Yeah, what does what that is mean it? for everybody this week? Your HBCU experience. 
Well, what an HBCU experience movement means, it's a collection of stories from prominent Aggies. I mean, not prominent Aggies, prominent HBCU alumni throughout the world. I like that. <laughs> Sharing the their stories. I like that. Of how their HBCU has molded them into the people they are today. I will let Uche take it from here. So part of that is collecting the story, but the other initiative that we have is giving back. Um, to make sure we give it back and each author gives a gift to the university and just this past uh, weekend we was able to give back um, 5400 to the university and contribute to our endowment at North Carolina A&T in our second edition so it's, it's about collecting stories recruiting it's a recruitment tool as well as making sure we give back as young alumni pass the torch Mm. Yeah, and, and to piggyback off what Uche said, you know, um, the HBCU experience is one of those things where we're trying to let the generation um, come in after us, let, let, letting them know that the importance of going to HBCU and how you can still achieve anything that you want to achieve in any field that you want to be in. And you can go to an HBCU and still accomplish those those dreams and those goals. You don't have to uh, go to a PWI to be a successful doctor or engineer or, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're trying to study. You can still uh, achieve that by going to an HBCU. And we just want to let the generations that's coming up after us, letting them know that it can be done because uh, a lot of our peers have done it and just letting them know that they, that they can do it as well, too. Okay. Let's raise the offering. We need to raise the offering yeah. after that. <laughs> yeah, we got to pass the hat around. We got to get the collection plate. I got yeah. a question, though, because, you know, I, for the abbreviation of PWI, for those who don't know, can somebody elaborate? Predominantly white institution. There we go. We want to yeah. bring all of our listeners up to speed in the suite. Yeah. Can you guys, uh, can somebody share a passage or something from the book? I think Uche will be a great person to share his dope story. <laughs> Let's go, Uche. I like Uche. Uche got that vibe. Yeah. Oh, 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 don't. I mean, I can, uh, I can get, I can give a piece of mind. Yeah, um, if we want to, <clears throat> let me get my tea ready. <laughs> uh, so, apparently, Miss Williamson could add me to her class if she chose to do so. But when we spoke with her, she said she couldn't add students to a class. Then she interviewed me. Where were you from, Ms. Williams asked. I said, the south side of Chicago. When I told her that, she seemed to pay close attention to the fact that I was a long way from home. Awesome. I taught at the University of Illinois, she said. My sister Rakia chimed in. I went to that school. Ms. Williamson then opened the door and and proceeded to ask, tell me about her husband. And her children was glad I, and made me feel more comfortable instantly. I felt like I had someone there who knew who I was and where I was coming from. Ms. Williamson led me to the history department admin personally and said to, to the admin allow, add Mr. Bird from the south side of Chicago to her 10, 10 a.m. class. The backstory to that is I needed to get in her class. Everybody said I couldn't get in. My counselor was like, I can't help you. Somebody said, go talk to Miss Williamson. Miss Williamson led me into her class. So I went and talked to her because she saw I was from Chicago. I was there by myself. And she later became like a special mentor when I was sick, made sure I had to. So. Wow. 
Man, shout out to Miss Williams. Yeah. I was about to say, Uche, don't read the whole passage. Like, they don't pick the book up what? and get the rest. Like, I'm like, three sisters and be like, all right, for more information, go to the website. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I thought I thought I thought I thought I thought I was trying out for Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, but until then, brother, pick the book up and then they can read the rest of the full story on what led you from Chicago to North Carolina and NT. Yeah, but go to the next page. <laughs> That's one thing though about uh HB- the attending HBCU is uh because I attended school uh classes PWI. And HBCU instant become a family member from the staff on down. You know, everybody embrace you as a family member. And the PWI, you wouldn't have got into that class. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Sometimes you got to bring some of that Chicago mixed caramel popcorn. And all of a sudden, financial aid find a way to find money from you. I ain't oh, the one to gossip, but you ain't heard that from me. But, okay. but, I, but I also think you kind of said it as well too it's like you know no disrespect to the PWIs or things like that but I just fight when you attend at HBCU it's more than just going to college it's like you're joining a where administration, financial aid, um, your teachers, your professors, the 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 lady that worked in the Chick-fil-A line who's seen you coming all the time, like they always look out for you or they're always trying to advise you and, yes. and moving in, in a certain direction and just making sure yes. you're okay because a, a lot of people are a long way from home when they come to these HBCUs and a lot of people, such as Uche, who's coming from Chicago to Greensboro, North Carolina, who don't know nobody there, but you know those teachers and those professors are the foundation that teaches you how to build with your peers and other students around you and that's how you you know you make extended family for the rest of your life or new extended family for the rest of your life yeah what's what was the inspiration behind the book well just like Fred said earlier the inspiration behind the book is to increase you know young alumni giving increase HBCU enrollment mm-hmm. and be able to create legacy and change the narrative of giving back and I'll let Fred Witt take it from here well Uche Fred yeah. uh, which one of us Fred. me Uche Fred. <laughs> I, I mean <laughs> both of you <laughs> I mean the inspiration is basically you know we wanted a unique way like to just in our transparency and since we in the suite we could be we could be real here that yeah our people our people our age you know tend to come back right with the louis with the gucci but we found that alumni giving has has decreased but you come back to homecoming trying to get up with your old chick that you knew your old dude your fling and spend a couple thousand and you can't get a school 100 so we have been working on things like that already Ashley Little was the author working on a project we all came together was like hey let's help do increase alumni giving in this unique way put the book out and I think that the inspiration is really about like just getting our generation involved when it really boils down to the crux the crux of it is that you know we, we gotta find ways to get us involved that matter for us like who wants to go to the alumni concert and still see the temptation like that's not for us but we still alumni and we want a concert so we gotta do things that meet our needs yeah, yeah, and to, and to piggyback off what Uche was saying, you know, it's just one of those things where not only giving back, but then, like I said earlier, it's also letting, you know, the the generation coming up behind us, letting them know that you're going to an HBCU is dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
it, it, it's good to give it's great to give back to the HBCUs but we still need people to enroll and continue to go to the HBCUs as well too to continue the legacies that we're all building now to this day cool cool so what uh, what made you choose A&T and Howard for the consultant thank you Anybody? What made you choose your school? What made you choose your school? Uh, for well, for I me, um, I originally went went to Elizabeth City State University first, and it was one of those things where I wanted to continue what my father started. My father originally went to Elizabeth City, and he had to drop out of school because my mother got pregnant with me. So he, you know, he dropped out to take care of his responsibilities so it was one of those things where it was like okay i want to go to elizabeth city to continue what my dad started because he sacrificed a lot of his life or you know his young adult life to be a father and so that was like one of my main focus reasons on why i wanted to go to hbcu but then when i uh i had to transfer for you know certain reasons when i got to ant i was like oh like this is this is dope. Like A and T was just an amazing school, and I, I was just with a lot of people that was like minded like me that wanted to accomplish similar goals or work towards similar. I had uh, a big interest in as well too, so that's why I chose to go to HBCU. And on top of that, I just didn't want to be another number at the PWI because you know when you go to those schools, you're just another number. Yep, just yep, a stupid number. <laughs> Why you choose your school, Ashley? Ushay, consult. I'll take a stab at it. Um, for me, growing up in the dirty dirties in the South, um, growing up with snap peas and corn and wheat and catching tadpoles <laughs> in the ditch, you know, making mud pies and just having no exposure. I chose Howard because it's in the heart of DC. It told me government on a local, state, federal tip. And Howard struck me because their their statement, their slogan is, we're leaders in the global community. And when I went there, I saw that, well, whether it was the presidential debates between Clinton and Gore and Bush that was held on our campus, um, the celebrities, the, the donations, um, just being family oriented and just inspiring and encouraging youth. And they still do that to this day. Um, um just the the love the camaraderie um it's more than just academics and education it's the connection that you have all over all six continents they just come out strong um it's helped me be more diverse uh more tenacious uh more confident more ambitious um and just more aggressive and just how to tackle things and diversify yourself um i had a great great experience as a historian I just don't just stick to my my own um, experience at Howard. I just like to go to A&T, Norfolk, um, uh, Bowie, Grambling, because every school has history. It's just to embrace that history and embrace that culture and then share that with other people who just weren't uh, knowledgeable, who didn't have that exposure, uh, just didn't know about it. It's all through word of mouth, through, through storytelling, how we know about HBCUs. Um, it just takes one person to go back to their city, to their neighborhoods, to their community, and just light that torch so other people can see. And for me, that's the whole HBCU experience. That's that's why we're all here tonight, just sharing that torch and sharing that story. That's dope. 
we got? I got to clap. I had to clap for that. I had to clap. Look, I had to clap for that thing. I said, man, my man over there. I said, first, nobody's going to say nothing that that man was at the presidential debate with Clinton. So that means he went to school with like shy women oh, in the man, 90s. Don't try to calculate so my, my years. So man. my man had airbrush stands and a and a, and a thing. Like, uh, 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 are we gonna say he was in school with Frisbee? Is, is that man, what we talking about? I was about? a bio major, man. I had like, sneakers and jeans and the same sweatshirt every day, man. It, it's all good, man. It's all good. Stealing grilled grilled cheese sandwiches to sell it for for a special with some from fruit punch and some fruit snacks, trying to make it through. But you know, uh, I think I think that brings you to you know kind of why why the importance or or why you choose the HBCU. You, you choose somebody with like mm-hmm. people with like mindsets like you, and you go yeah. to a place you're like, man, these people are just like me. And for my experience is, I really should have went to um, P a PWI. I'm from Chicago. My sister went to Purdue. She had a master's from um, IIT which is Eleanor Institute of Technology, which competes with MIT. My other sister went to University of Illinois. I had went to IIT for summer programs, summer camp. Um, I, I always I went to University of Michigan. I got recruited at some of those schools to go for engineering and sports and stuff. So I was supposed to go there. I ended up going on this tour. Um, my father, like, Yo, you, my grandmother's afro Central, like, you should go to that black, the black, a black college tour. And I was like, all right, cool, man. Um, some people you would say ignorant things like, oh, you're going to see is beer bottles and, and and stuff on the ground. But that's what oh, you would wow. see. No, but that's what you would see in in, in our hood in, in Chicago. Yeah. Like, you would see that's that. True. So they, that's what they would think. Man, believe it or not, I went to Howard. I saw all these homeless people. Like, it was it was crazy when I went to Howard in 2000. 99. 99. I went to Howard. It it didn't look... It looked crazy in the outside, but the inside of the right. campus was really nice. I got to see football coach and all these things. It was really good. They gave us a pale pants. But Virginia Union? This oh, place yeah. made me feel like I was like a cousin. Oh, they were so nice. <laughs> Everybody was like, how you doing? You know, you should go here. Y'all want something to eat? Y'all can walk with... They treated us like we were somebody. And that wow. same thing that it was like, yo, you seeing the bottles, like the grass, the campus looked like... It reminded me of Hillman College. Like, it really looked like Hillman. Then I found mm-hmm. out that the Underground Railroad was like kind of still there. Episode for, for Hillman came from there. I don't know if y'all remember that. So... I would really want to go to Virginia Union. Like, I went back, and my father was like, man, ain't no blanking. You gonna go to Virginia Union because they ain't got no science and STEM. But Norfolk State was all right. Worked that out. And then I started researching HBCUs because I was like, I felt like I was going back home. Like, I was going to homeschool and found out about A&T. And her A&T had this STEM. Had never been there before. Somebody I used to know went to FAMU. I was like, I can't go nowhere near that person. So I went to A&T. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the rest was history. And it was, you know, the best decision of my life. A&T was, it was really it. I mean, that black, my name is Uche Berg, you know, my, my family Afrocentric. It was just like the, man, it was beautiful. My my sisters that went to, to white school, they, they love come back to my school right. more than like going back to theirs. People like, oh, we yeah. going to A&T. And um and it was it was just beautiful and it was unfortunate like I was saying I've said before many times is that when you start um when you go kind of westward and you get away from that Mississippi River you kind of get right around there you go to like the Chicago HBCUs don't really get heard of as much 
especially the ones, these progressive ones on the west, on the east coast, you don't hear about them. You hear about your Mississippi, your Jackson State and stuff because everybody come up the river and um, came from there. But that was really it, man. That black love, just being black and black pride. Like, that's why, like, mm-hmm. it was beautiful. And for, and for me, you know, yeah. coming from my mom went to Central, my dad's Aggie, my aunts and stuff are Aggie. So I had to keep my dad's legacy going, right? And so that's really um, mm-hmm. why I attended North Carolina a State University. I mean, I grew up attending the football games. My daddy is a super Aggie. And so um, that's really what instilled in me. And then just being able, when you attend an HBCU, you can walk into any room and sit at the table with Jane and Susan and still be their balls yep. are, you know, equal to them. And and I went to A&T and you went to Chapel Hill, right? And so um, I just love yep. that fact that we just have that aura and we have the mentors and that family environment of people that care that prepared us to be able to walk out there and own the room. So that's why I attend A&T. Yes. Okay. I grew up around HBCUs, lived in City State, Norfolk State, um, Hampton. I used to live down the street from Hampton. So I always knew I wanted to end up at one. And uh, the way I ended up at A&T was because uh, my dad went to Central. And uh, so he would always pump Central into me. But when I got in high school, I realized he knew everybody at Central. He takes me to the yard. He know everybody. So I was like, he going to know my grades before I know my grades. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to go down the road to Greensboro. And uh, another reason I went to A&T is because uh, they told me the ratio uh, women to men was like 12 to 1, I think. So I was like, yep, I'm going to Greensboro to get me 12 girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely heard that ratio. Yeah, I mean, that's a good incentive, Mr. Commit. That's, that's a good incentive because he's a, he's a big party school. Yeah. You you said that A&T had a perception of being a big party school? Yeah, that's what it was called. So, that's what everybody was saying. So, I mean, look. So we get down to the yard. Everybody's saying that the first away game campus was dead. Everybody who was like freshmen and didn't have cars, they were like, "Where the parties at?" Like everybody was gone when away game. So don't ever believe it's a party school because it's far from that. Like you have your fun, but it ain't like you go to UCF which is in Florida, right? The third biggest university. They got alcohol on their campus, bars, and people are drinking and doing all types of crazy stuff. And I bring that back. is like, sometimes we ourselves shoot ourselves in the foot, be like, yo, um, North Carolina A&T in the state, they will say that. But then you go to Chapel Hill and do, you ever been to their tailgates? Like, they're doing yeah. illegal <laughs> stuff. We ain't talking about yeah. no just drinking. That's a whole and, different kind of turn up. You know, like, they turn up is like, nah, somebody should be in jail. But y'all coming at us for, like, we're going to call ourselves this, but and we allow other people to... That's, you know, I'm going to get off my... Let me get off my soap. But, but, I, but you know what it is, nah, you though? Good. Right. So, Ushay, we just had a whole people, lot of liquor. That's so, why you know, A&T or these other HBCUs, they only come doing homecoming. So when they come doing homecoming, they think it's like that every single weekend. You know what I'm saying? And it's like... You know, homecomings are amazing. Homecomings is everything. And it is a, a, a great family reunion get together. But on an everyday weekend, like, or during the week, like, students are going to class. Students are studying, you know, what they need to study to do what they got to do to obtain the degrees that they came to school for. You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing I agree with you. We say it's like, A&T, they say it's a party school, but 
people only said it because they come to homecoming and that's like one weekend out of the year where you have the time of your life don't get it wrong you will have the time of your life but you know after homecoming you still have to go to class and continue pursuing your education and, and, and getting a degree that you're that you're studying in Yeah. Greensboro, I think with so many colleges in Greensboro, it kind of makes it a party town if you hit it the right weekend. When, when, when school's in session as a college student, you travel to all the local schools in Greensboro. That's what I think people would call ANT a party school because all the parties in Greensboro would affiliate with the other colleges. So what um, what is one of your favorite HBCU moments? Man, I got so many. My God. One that you will take to the grave, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go last. <laughs> um, You know, I think for me, as I think about it, as we was writing a book, it was actually um, coming to A&T like that first time um, when I got there, I had never seen the campus before. But when you just got this automatic family, as you think about it, it's the much smaller things now that like, man, yo, somebody really helped me develop my schedule that I didn't know and gave me tips on how to survive through campus, through the yard. Like, it was when I got there that somebody was like, look, find somebody who took the class before you. They took the class before you. One plus one yeah. is always going to be two. So they got the old test. And also ask people like, yo, um, what teacher to take, which is our rental from Ms. Mm-hmm. Williamson. And then it was like, yo, for financial aid, go talk to such and such, such and such. Don't talk to this lady. And when you, right. when you start thinking about the best experience, like, you know, um, crossing all those things. If those things that happened my first year, when I first walked in the first week, I couldn't have made it to the other times. I couldn't have made it to the other accolades I had. And I started more and more thinking about like, really, that, that first week? was like really like adulthood for me because my family like dropped me off and was just like yo don't come back <laughs> don't fuck out but the family <laughs> I picked up all these people that to this day just be you know just wanted us to win and, and it's great you know it's just that to me was for people like getting all that family the first week and they just stuck out wow that's 100% accurate what he just said everything um, for, well, for me, you know, one of my favorite HBCU moments, you know, it, it was just, uh, you know, transferring to A&T and, and, and being on a campus where I, I really didn't know anybody besides my best friend, Bebe, who, you know, told me I need to transfer there to come hang with him because, you know, like you said, the ratio was 12 to 1. So that was like a selling point for me to transfer as well to get out of Elizabeth City. But, you know, one of my favorite moments was just like... I, I, I would say my first homecoming being a part of Omega Sci-Fi, it was just a, a, a very surreal moment where it was like, I'm out here with all of my, you know, chapter brothers and fraternity brothers, and we're having a good old time where people came from all across the country just to to celebrate with us and, and, and to congratulate us on, you know, being a part of Omega Sci-Fi. That's just a moment that, you know, I'll never forget and on top of that. Yo, we fed the entire campus. Like, literally, everybody got a plate. Everybody got a plate that year in 2004. 
when we was on the grill and that was just a, it was just a dope feeling like the you know the next week everybody was just thanking us like yo thank you for the chicken and thank you for the hot dogs the hamburgers yo you took care of me and my home girl you took care of my moms that was standing in line you took care you know my aunt my uncle and it, it showed them how auntie was such a, a family family oriented type environment and and that was just a moment that was just super dope for me and my my favorite HBCU moment, I had many of them, but my freshman year, you know, coming in, just being in that family environment, you know, running for SGA, crossing, you know, getting ready to do all that. And then camp, you know, meeting my campus ambassadors, right? And they're able to be like a big sister, big brother. Ooh. Yeah. So I, mean, I enjoyed it. I had so many dope moments. I think the freshman year is like the best one because you're just innocent, right? Like you're you're just getting there you're learning everybody you meeting new people making those dope connections and yeah i just enjoyed it i mean i think when i got there actually uche was mr aggie when i came on the campus in 04. so yeah mr aggie <laughs> yeah can we back up can you tell people what campus ambassadors are and and you know what a Mr. Aggie is? Well, I'm gonna let, you know, I'm gonna let Jose tell you what his position was. Okay. But, I, I want to know about Mr. Mr. Aggie. They're pretty much like this. a big sister, a big brother. They like like carry you through your freshman year, right? And tell you the things that you should do, what right. not to do, you know, things you should get involved in. They're kind of like a, they're definitely a mentor. And so um, I, I, I didn't I have one of those. Every per, you know, uh, person is going to HBCU to mm, definitely, I did. Um, you know, cling to your ambassador, right? Because that's mm. what they're there for to help you and guide you the way. And I'll let Uche tell you about Mr. Aggie. He was one of the first people I met. Uche? Mr. Aggie. <laughs> Mr. Aggie himself. Uche? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, crazy. So, uh, but you know, the Aggie ambassadors uh, or whatever school you go to, like that—that that is key because sometimes those are first, those are first line of almost want to say defense. And when I say defense, I mean defending the university reputation and not defense to fight off, but making sure our reputation is held high. And Ashley Little had an excellent experience before she's telling you, as the Aggie ambassadors, Howard ambassadors, whatever school bison and whatever they are, they really are, they're really key to it and everybody plays a role. But um, <laughs> the Mr. Aggie position, y'all know what's funny about this is, I didn't talk to them, and they didn't talk to me about what they would be telling. Everybody just told a story <laughs> from 2004. Um, when wow. I talked to y'all early, I was like, yo, my best d ho was 2004. Fred just said, yo, my best homecoming was when I was my Neo year. Little just told you, yeah, my best year was 2004. So what that tell you? 2004 was that shit. It was that stuff. It was that yeah. But uh, the Mr. Aggie situation is... Um, it's just a male representation of the university. That position has elevated to become Mr. North Carolina A&T. And that was a battle with self. Because what's funny is, our HBCUs were sexist. <laughs> y'all, people don't even know that. Y'all don't want to hear that. That might be another <laughs> podcast. But it was a male, <laughs> it was a male representation um, of the campus and the mascot. And it was like a pageant competition that I won. So it was kind of funny. And, and Fred actually, Fred was one of the people that helped me win. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he, he, he all remembers See, Fred was a pretty boy, so I used him. I could tell him now, but I had to use him. So to get the girls to, to cheer for me. 
So you definitely had your uh your toy to one ratio after you got that Mr. Aggie title. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, man. No, I was I was a, a great male representation and I was a very respectful young man. That's what I was doing. Okay. <laughs> I hear bait. Bait. <laughs> Yeah, man, Mister Mister Live. You know, I gotta hear from you. What was your What was your your best HBCU experience? Uh, the best HBCU uh, experience was uh, probably just the parties, man. The parties, <laughs> hanging out. I know that's right. Parties were epic. The gym jams. Gym oh, jams. Gym jams. I missed oh, out my on Lord. that. Oh, those. Oh, that was so. That the walls be sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 They don't even party like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, and look, this one you knew you was down south. And I and it's probably the same thing for little is. And for a friend from New York or kind of south. When you first heard that what's up, soldier boys, we're gonna go to war. <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> what? What? I said, why is everybody everybody fighting? Why everybody wanna get mad? <laughs> You know, look, I'm from the crib. I'm from Chicago. Like, touch me if you want. We about to dump. And then I just see Ooh, everybody. Yeah. I was like, why are they pushing? I said, but this music makes you want to just fight. I'm my show to start moving. I was like, yeah. I was in my Brooke Valentine <laughs> girl fight. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, yo, we ready. Who, and why is he called Pastor? Yeah. And why he want everybody to fight? <laughs> when I started seeing that music, I was like, yo, this down slow. And then I heard Bia Bia. I'm like. They call oh, yeah. I miss Bia Bia. Oh, like, man. <laughs> that, was, that, was doing a, that was doing an era when they put that music. It's like, you got to have your crew ready. You Lord better God, be every, Everybody pushing. And mu- I'm like, is this, this music? I like. I felt like I was in Black Rock. But it was down south. And everybody was cool afterwards. And coming from Chicago, I was like, everybody had the... So an ignorant story that I could tell y'all. You said, keep it to the grave. <laughs> So when I first came to A&T in Chicago, um, the U and the I, the University of Indiana together, it makes the fort. So GD folks, you couldn't wear red when I was coming up. So the guys that was GD folks would wear anything with a U and an I, sometimes U of I, or Indiana had that. So I saw these guys on the yard with these U and I's in red, which makes a fork. So make your, if you make your finger a fork, which is like your thumb and index and then your middle finger up, it makes a I'm fork. I'm doing it right now. Please don't let nobody see you do that. So you have that yeah. finger, <laughs> that's, that's a fork. That's a gang sign. That's a gang sign, GD folks. So you couldn't do that. Like you getting shot. I run, I'm walking on the yard and I'm like, Damn, I left Chicago. Everybody game banging? What the hell? Yeah. They were cappers. <laughs> Those were cappers. And they all had on red. And I'm like, these niggas game bang? I said, I thought I left the yard. I, said, I didn't come here to get shot. Like, I thought this was college. This is the home of AT4. But my ignorant, but that just lets you know like, how closed minded you can be in your world. That, True. That, that I was True. like, I thought they was in gangs. Like, I had to stay away True. from them because, yo, they going to get shot. Sooner. Somebody going to get shot. And I thought they know about fraternities and sororities. I know I knew about them, right? But I didn't know that though I never seen that in Chicago like that. It definitely not went to like that the campus in Chicago ain't wearing those un, those un, those University of Indiana Forks. They right, not wearing right, it. Right. <laughs> and the whole I mean, it was like 10, 30 people. I'm like, they having a gang mean on the yard? What the hell? I was like, what? Right. <laughs> and then that because of my ignorance and I saw everybody pushing and shoving, I'm like, yo, those folks about to shoot somebody. 
<laughs> Yo, I'm in the gym, gym like, oh, it's about to go down. <laughs> That's Sometimes it actually went down in the gym down though. It did. It, it did. Yeah. It, it definitely did. All sweaty and everything. It, it yeah. did. It did. say oh, I know one time I remember um I think we was in the gym jam. But you showed me you took your shoes off and I had never seen anybody dance. You did a foot oh. Oh, let me see. And I had oh. never seen that before. Oh, oh man, you can't look, Joe. You look, bro. You ain't supposed to be telling oh, everybody about oh, hey. <laughs> wow. hey. Who say sorry, footwork? Wait, 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 hold on, 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 hold uh, no, no, it's I a Chicago thing. It's a Chicago thing. Like, People in Chicago do that. Come on, man. You can't be taking What was shoes. the music? You got to take me there. What was the music? Was now, the it was like some, some house music. Oh. Percolator type stuff. Oh, it's time for the percolator. It wasn't the percolator. It was something like that. Oh, we say, like, this is, we footwork in Chicago. And he, he started footwork and he took his shoes off. I'm like, this dude done took his shoes off. Well, that's deep. Was, I had on Timberlands, so you know they're kind of heavy, you know, and you don't tie the Timberlands. So back in my day, you didn't tie the Timberlands all the way up, you know. What I'm True. So I couldn't, I couldn't bust my tail right there. So I was like, you know, I was just faking it till I make it. Cause at home, I would look terrible, so I won't do it. So I can come, I come to AT and I could be like the Footwork King. He, he <laughs> amped up. Yeah, but I don't remember that story, so we can keep that. We can delete. That. <laughs> I like that story. It's on the podcast now. Well, it's up there, baby. Problem is gonna go to the like, yo, let me see that framework. There, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That is funny, man. What um? So if y'all had uh um, your kids say they don't want to, they want to attend a PDF, PWI over HBCU, how would you what would you say to that? I would slap the teeth out of them. <laughs> I would be so offended. I would, I would have to disown them. I would have to hear their reasoning why, but I would be so offended. Hey, to start off, but I think they need to understand the, the, the history behind it of how HBCUs came into existence, uh, the advancement, the education of the Negro, the, 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 the culture, the embodiment. Uh, while we were denied an education or to read a book or they need to just understand the historical value. The Talented Ten were at Langston Hughes and Alan Locke and, and Charles Drew and Daniel Hill and freshman seminar. You, you can't get this at every school. Reading the Bluest Eye and Toni Morrison and Brown Girl Brownstone and Othello. You're built different. You're, your self-esteem, your, your confidence, your ambition, um, you're built different. Uh, you need to know cultural identity and self-identity um, because the rest of your life, you're going to be in corporate America where they're going to try to erode you and make you have conformity over authenticity. Uh, HBCU gives you all of that in your own texture, your own hue. It's more than just being amongst like-minded individuals. It's just you become a leader in the global community and just go back and share your own story. Well, you got that mic smoking. I, yeah, I, ain't going, I ain't going behind that. I don't know who else. I, I had that pent up, man. Because <laughs> the consultant do, man. He bodied the mic. I don't mean the, the gut punch my audience, but people try to discredit HBCU so much. And it's always a comparison based on racism and colorism. And then you see Kamala Harris, who went to HBCU. She shouldn't be the, the platform for every HBCU or, or Diddy or Anthony Anderson or Felicia Rashad or Lala or Chris Rock. 
whoever the, it may be. We are competitive. We can compete. We we are we are more than uh, doing this movement. It's this our time to continue. What school did Lala go to? Say it again. She started at Howard. Lala go to? Uh, she went back to get her. Oh. Yeah, she started Howard. Man, but but so, you know but you know what, brother? That you you saying some dope things like you named those. But to your point is, yo, we made up. Of a plethora of people, and that's what bring you back Correct. to our, our, our movement. Like you know, in our movement, um, we were intentional to, to like making sure we get people from the sixties and seventies. Like we introduced the Trailblazers. We Correct. wanted to make sure we get people in the band. We get people who were in Greek, um, Greek led organizations. We wanted to get people who were SGA. But we also, you know, and not in a negative way. Like yo, the people who not involved. Like you a student here. We want you too. You don't have to necessarily be the super popular person because that's not who hbcu students are every Correct. black person and everybody everybody's not a celebrity and the reality is it's more it's more of you there and you're starting to be told that the student that's sitting in high school that may not have that 3.5 and be the starter of football team he might read and say you know what like Fred said i can be successful too and that's like to your point is we like a plethora of people we're not just everybody dancing and, and running football like that's just not black people everybody can't do yeah, that it's a stereotype it's a myth yeah it's a misconception. The individuals make the school, the university. Before Kamala became VP in, in, in the DA of California, she was a regular student. Look where she is now. Yeah, she Ralph was an Ivy. Uh, she was an Ivy doing something to get down too, just like every correct. other person did. Correct. So we start off with Langston Hughes and Alan Locke and, and Ralph Bunch, the Nobel Peace Prize winner for Invisible Man, and then you move fast forward to today, present time. The individuals make the school. A lot of people go to these schools, Harvard, MIT, Oxford, because they need a title and reputation to make them. We make the school. It's the students. It's the faculty. It's, it's, it's your, as you said, your, your mentors and your campus ambassadors and your guidance counselors and the people that bring you to your office and have those stories and connections. That's what makes the school. Because, Salsa, you know something that's interesting to me to bring up was that those graduates from those schools that you just mentioned, these quote-unquote Ivy League schools, that who I don't know who said that they're the best or whatever, they always find themselves mm-hmm. in our homes. Like, they always find themselves more than our homecomings. More than our homecomings, yo, um, if any school, ECU, all of them, we got, let's say we have a speaker come, they find a way to come to our university for the culture of our university, mm-hmm. not the class. Yep. Plenty of times we yes. know people from Chapel Hill for, for us cues, we thought some cues, and this is a celebrity now, uh, for Winford, um, or Winter. We thought people, um, we thought that people thought that Fluker went to North Carolina A&T. He's a celebrity now. Uh, <laughs> what's Fluker's celebrity name, Fred? Uh, Troy Fluker. Uh, um, Troy, but his name, we, we know him, no, we know him as okay. Fluker, but nah, he, he, um, his celebrity, I know him as Fluker, but his celebrity name is, um, Dang, I feel bad. But um, people thought that he was, he went to A&D. Like, he was there so much. But he wasn't necessarily there just for Q-Side. Like, he actually liked the culture. Like, he liked our school. And people from ECU, they will always be on our yard for, like, for, for mm-hmm. projects. And they felt the part. And, and that's the part that kind of gets me is that if my, like, your question was, if my child decides to go, if my child decides to go because they were educated about it and they picked it, then that's fine. 
but don't go because mm-hmm. I don't want to follow in your daddy's footsteps. That I don't like because I want you to be an independent thinker. One of the things that Walmart Gibbs said about the ANT4 was like, hey, they asked him, you need to go stop those kids. And he said, we teach them how to think, not what to think. If those students came up with this, then we're going to be back here. And that's what I want to teach my child is how to think, not what to think. And if you teach them how to think the right way, they're going to make the right decisions for them. A white dad, PWI might be for him. Um, for me, it wasn't. I, and HBCU worked. But I, I won't deprive my child right. for that. But if he picked it because I don't want to follow in your footsteps, then we're going to have a problem. But if he picked it because, like, yo, no, this is what I want to do. I like this. And who am I to stop him and his drink? He got to live that life, not me. He got to miss out on this G-Ho. Right. <laughs> you know, that's his fault. I'm going to love him, but <laughs> yeah, that's his he can't fault. get none of his fried fish. But... <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Where can um, where can uh, listeners find your book? They can find the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. They can go to our website at www.thehbcuexperiencemovement.com. Yeah, go different places. All right. And um, before we go, let me ask everybody this question. You got a minute to respond. Um. What is describe uh, your favorite? Describe anything about HBCU. Ten words or less. Describe uh, HBCU. If you want to talk about it, ten words or less, you got to say something about HBCU. Ten words or less. Well, a sentence. One sentence. One sentence. I'll go first. Um, I'm just gonna say HBCU for me was family. It was love. It was the power of connections. Um, it was just to be embraced for individuality and authenticity, um, and just just leading um, and just just being great, just embracing the moments. Um, you said ten words great. or less. Um, hey man, yeah. my, my ten words would be. <laughs> Don't don't miss out on these good times because you don't want to swallow your pride. <laughs> Come be a part of this HBCU family. Okay. HBCU with leadership, family, support, mentorship. All right. Ushay. Ushay. So just... He's still up. Be Hello? Hello? Yes. Who say? Hello, can you hear me? Can you right, hear me? Turn. HBCU yeah, you. is what you make it. It's the experience that's there to support you for the rest of your life. All right. I want to thank you all for joining the suite. Yes. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having us. Suite mates. Thank you. Ashley, Fred, Mr. Ushay, Mr. Mr. Live. Yes, Thank sir. Thank check you. out the HBCU movement experience. Ooh. Thank you so much for having the HBCU right. experience movement. We are so glad you can follow us on IG. Uh, we we here, we around, and we hope to grow. No doubt. We'll definitely have you come Thank back. You. Go, buy book. Go buy the G-ho. book. Go buy the book. H-U- 
about a book and Aggie Pride. Aggie Pride. Aggie Pride. Thank you for entering the bittersweet, where it takes 21 days to make a habit, 90 days to make a lifestyle. Until next time, unlock, lounge, and explore the untold luxuries in your own suite. Remember, be better, not bitter. Commit.